everybody? You know, I have to say I'm really excited about speaking this morning. You know, of course, today is the first Sunday of our Operation Christmas Child campaign, which I I really, really love of this program. You've heard a little bit about the shoeboxes and the special blessing they are to kids around the world already. And I'm going to share a little bit more about them later in the message. And look, I really do look forward to seeing us reach that goal of 200 boxes. I know we can do it. Amen, everybody? Yeah, we're going to do it again. So today we continue on the Thanksgiving series, uh, being thankful and acknowledging God in the everyday. And that's through the ins and outs of everyday life, isn't it? No, no matter what life brings our way, uh, we need to be thankful. And speaking of being thankful, I'm thankful that you guys are going to laugh at my jokes here this morning, okay? So I'm going to show you, I'm going to carry on with the theme of these memes and... Uh, you, you, you're going to help me by laughing, I'm sure of it. Okay, so take a look at this first one here. Okay, I'm sure there are millions of starving college students all over that when Thanksgiving hits, they leave with this pile of Tupperware full of leftovers, and they are very, very thankful. So, uh, you know, this next one now, there, no, okay, first of all, there are some in the world that aren't so thankful when Thanksgiving is approaching, and even if they don't know exactly why. So check this one out. <laughs> uh, poor turkeys, hey? All right, well, one more turkey joke, and this is maybe a bit warped, I don't know, but uh, it's my sense of humor, so. Everybody get that one? Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, well, getting back to the subject at hand for this morning. Um, Do you know that the word thanks is used around 165 times in the Bible? And the phrase give thanks is used around 75 times. And we've heard this series for Christians, we need to have the mind and the attitude of Jesus. And we need to have an attitude of gratitude, right? We've heard that. It's because of our sinful nature, we are so very prone to whining, aren't we? Uh, Complaining and grumbling maybe lashing out at people, blaming God, and even blaming other people for our struggles, and even the inconveniences in our life. We complain about those a lot. Uh, There really is no place for a bad attitude among those, especially those who are willingly submitting to Christ's authority in their lives, right? And again, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians that we need to be rejoicing always, praying continually, and giving thanks in all circumstances, because this is God's will for us. And Pastor Allen has said over the last few weeks that if you've hit a wall, uh, spiritually speaking, or you're in a spiritual rut of some sort, then you need to make an extra huge effort to give God thanks. That's going to help you. Giving God thanks gets our eyes off of ourselves, doesn't it? And off of the people or off our circumstances that are causing us trouble. And it gets our eyes on Jesus and his love for us. And we experience his peace. And that's exactly what we learned in week one of this series. And then last week, uh, we heard that some people are from a Christian heritage that celebrates what's called the, the Eucharist. And here at Cross Church, we call it communion. Well, the word Eucharist comes from the Greek word, thanks. Now, in Luke 22, we read that Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed by Judas, what did he do? He gave thanks. 
and he broke the bread celebrating the last Passover with his disciples. Now, hey, can I ask you to do something maybe a little bit out of the ordinary uh, during especially this part of the message? Can you close your eyes for a minute? Close your eyes, and I want you to think and try and visualize this. Jesus. Fully knowing he was about to be betrayed. And he would face unbearable pain and suffering to the point of dying. Think about what Jesus went through for you and for me. Beaten so terribly. Many people would have died in, from that point. He's bleeding in agony. He's forced to drag a cross and drag it up to the place where he's going to be crucified. And again, he does this for you. He does this for me. And just picture, knowing all this is coming, yet what does Jesus do? He takes time to give thanks. To give thanks. You know, we should wake up every morning and go through every day thankful for what Jesus has done for us. Amen? Amen. Not just when we celebrate communion or when we celebrate Good Friday or Easter. And you know what? When we're in the habit of being thankful for what God has done and the blessings we have, this thankfulness, thankfulness, it breaks a spirit of fear in us, doesn't it? It breaks us out of our ruts. It helps us through the storms in life that we're going through. Thankfulness truly gets our eyes on Jesus and what he has done for us and off of ourselves and our circumstances. You know what? I like to use this kind of analogy when I think about this kind of, uh, this kind of situation. I say that uh, when we are hopeless or when we're discouraged, it's really like we're walking around with our eyes facing downward and we're just staring at our feet, we're, our heads hanging low. And we feel like we can't maybe move anywhere, we can't do anything we don't have any courage. We don't have any joy. We've got no motivation to do anything. But when our eyes are focused on Jesus and we're looking up, then we sense a great sense of courage and strength and we regain that in our lives, don't we? You know, the opposite, another thing is that when we, we're covered with our, our um, we're overwhelmed with the life around us. and it's, it's basically like looking around horizontally. We're looking at the problems that we're facing in life. We're, prob- we're looking at what's happening in our world and we're getting overwhelmed by the things that are happening, maybe to our loved ones. And we feel a great weight and we're completely overwhelmed again at what life is throwing at us. But once again, when we get our eyes looking up, focusing on Jesus, remembering that all that he has done for us, when we, then that's the point we begin. We regain our hope, we get courage, we get strength. This weight of despair and fear disappears from our shoulders, and we're filled with God's peace. And even joy, even in the difficult times, we can be filled with God's joys when we're looking at Jesus. Now, I know God is speaking to my heart this morning, thinking about all this, and I pray that God is speaking to your heart as well. Are you so utterly grateful this morning for God's grace and mercy, for his sacrifice for you and me? Are you so thankful to be a Christian that you are forgiven? Are you overwhelmed with thankfulness knowing you're going to heaven? You have the greatest reason. We have the greatest reason on earth to give him thanks this morning. Amen? Amen. Jesus set for us the perfect example 
of living a life of gratitude, expressing respect to others and giving to others and giving above and beyond. And, of course, the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit helps us change the way that we think and the way that we act, as we read in Romans 12. Now, quickly, I just want to mention again, I know Jimmy talked about it already, but we have a special day of prayer and thanksgiving next week, so make sure you're here both in the morning for the 9.30 or the 11.15 gathering, and then make sure to plan, plan to be here next Sunday night. Don't let anything hinder you. It's going to be a great time. Come at 6.30 for a special time of worship, prayer, and communion. And even small groups, so small group leaders, if you're here, why don't you come as your small group, come sit together and, and be here uh, giving thanks to God and, and enjoying this time together. So that's next Sunday night, 6.30 p.m. Now, back to being thankful or giving thanks. Here's a question for us this morning. Uh, what do we do with this thankfulness? What action can we take? Do we simply thank God and and really, again, we can be said, be so full of gratitude to him, but does it end there? You know, I, I remember when I lived in Calgary and I was having a great conversation with a friend of mine and I had just returned from a trip to Senegal in Africa and I was telling him about my experience there and the great need that I saw. And, and he started sharing with me about a recent experience he had been. I think it might have been Haiti, but I can't remember for sure where he was. But he began to tell me about his experience there and he painted a very clear picture of the poverty, um, the need, the great need that there was in that place, the devastation, the famine, and, and the corruption that the government had denying aid to really where it needed to go. And then he started reflecting on himself and what hit him the most when he had returned home to Calgary. And he talked about how thankful he was for his home, his car, his job, his clothes, his food, and on and on he went, and he rattled off a number of things. He was very, very thankful. And then he stopped, and that was it, and we kind of carried on our conversation. But, you know, I really remember that, and I remember going home after talking with him and thinking about it. Wow, I, he really was thankful, but he didn't talk any more about what that was going to do for him. Uh, and I thought, is that all the takeaway was? I mean, it was great that he found himself so thankful for what he had. He really had developed an, d- developed an attitude of gratitude, which again is so important. But I remember thinking to myself, I was like, self? Uh, you know, <laughs> d- does it end there? Is that, is that the end of where this should go? And after being in a place like Senegal or in so many places around the world and seeing all the need that there is around us, I was really wrestling with the thought of, should we be content to stop there? Is it enough just to be thankful for what we have? Well, this morning, we're going to take Thanksgiving to another level. And we're discussing specifically of when we are thankful, uh, when we have an attitude of gratitude, how we should turn that Thanksgiving now into an action how we should be willing to give and even sacrifice something to express our thankfulness. And that's really the topic of this morning's message, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So in the Cambridge Dictionary, the word sacrifice means to give up something that is valuable to you in order to help another person. So it's about helping another person, not just giving out of your abundance, but 
actually giving time and your talents and your treasure. And, and notice here, I made a harmony between those three. I didn't just say your time or your talent or your treasure. It's all three at different times of your life. We need to be using all of those three. So a sacrifice is when it actually costs you something, causes a bit of pain for you personally. And now this morning, I want us to look briefly at the Old Testament for some examples of kind of what we're, we're talking about here this morning. And, and first of all, our modern-day Thanksgiving holiday really bears a resemblance to the ancient Jewish festival of Sukkot. Sukkot is a seven-day festival, and it actually just ended on September the 30th. This festival is sometimes called the Feast of Ingathering or the Harvest Festival. And we actually read about Jesus attending this exact feast or festival in John chapter 7. So it's a great Jewish tradition, and we've been celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday here for the past three weeks. And, and by the way, talking about the series or the uh, season of Thanksgiving, Pastor Alan had mentioned to me that he has some great ideas that God has given him to take Thanksgiving up a notch in 2019. So I'm really excited to see what he has planned for next year's Thanksgiving series. Okay, now when we look through the Old Testament, we certainly read of offerings and sacrifices, and the multiple types are detailed in Leviticus chapters 1 through 7. These offerings and sacrifices can be divided and subdivided in various ways, but the the major categories are burnt offerings, cereal offerings, sin offerings, guilt offerings, and peace offerings. And there's an important subcategory of the peace offering, and that was called the Toda offering described in Leviticus 7, verses 12 to 15. Now, I'm not going to read those verses now, or I'm not going to get into the deeper details of those verses, but I'm going to talk about this word Toda. The word Toda literally means thanksgiving. But in addition to the sense of thanksgiving or gratitude, it also has a strong connotation of praise. So the Toda sacrifice was offered by a person whose life had been redeemed or delivered from a great danger or had been greatly blessed or helped by God. And there are a number of verses that reference this idea of the Israelites giving thanks to God for for saving them and blessing them. Uh, But this morning we're going to look at one particular uh, portion and that's in Psalm 107 verses 20 to 22. And this morning, I'm going to share from the message paraphrase, and I'm actually starting from verse 17 as it describes the state that Israelite was in, and then it continues on to show how God saved them and then the reason for their praise and thanksgiving. So here it reads, Some of you were sick because you lived a bad life, your bodies feeling the effects of your sin. You couldn't stand the sight of food even, so miserable you thought you'd be better off dead. Then you called out to God in your desperate condition, and he got you out just in the nick of time. He spoke the word that healed you, that pulled you back from the brink of death. So thank God for his marvelous love, for his miracle mercy to the children he loves. Now, in verse 22, this is what it says, Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. You know, there's an interesting old rabbinic teaching that says, in the coming messianic age, all sacrifices will cease, 
But the thanksgiving offering or the toda offering in the Hebrew language will never cease. Okay, now we've taken a look at the Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament quickly and see what we can find out about this type of sacrifice or offering uh, in our time together this morning. So let's go to the book of Hebrews, uh, which was really a letter uh, basically written to Jewish Christians. And the Hebrews really digs into who Jesus is and the amazing sacrifice that he made. So let's go to Hebrews 13 and see what we can find about this Toda offering or Thanksgiving offering, and we'll look at verses 15 and 16. Okay, and this is in the Amplified Bible now. It, it, and it's interesting that in the Amplified Bible, it titles this section, God-Pleasing Sacrifices, which is really interesting, isn't it? And then it reads, Through him, therefore, let us at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Then verse 16, also do not neglect to do good, to contribute to the needy as an expression of fellowship for such sacrifices are always pleasing to God. And as I mentioned, this section is titled God-pleasing sacrifices. Did you know God is still asking us to give sacrifices? But it's different, isn't it? It's different than the Old Testament. Once again, the message, I'm going to use it one more time. It creates a great picture of these verses. And I'm going to back up to verse 13 and start from there. So we'll take a look at these verses in the message paraphrase, starting at verse 13. So let's go outside where Jesus is, where the action is. Not trying to be privileged insiders, but taking our share in the abuse of Jesus. This insider world is not our home. We have our eyes peeled for the city about to come. Let's take our place outside with Jesus, no longer pouring out the sacrificial blood of animals, but pouring out sacrificial praises from our lips to God in Jesus' name. So this paraphrase is a way to help us start to see or understand the comparison a bit to the Old Testament. In Leviticus, it talks about giving a sacrifice, a toda sacrifice as a way to express thanksgiving to God. But here we read, no longer pouring out the sacrificial blood of animals, but pouring out sacrificial praise with our own voices to God in Jesus' name. And then this text goes on in the next verse. Uh, This is equally important, right? Okay, so let's read this uh, together. It says, and don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Now, do these two verses ring a bell for anyone? The concept of loving and praising God and also loving and caring for others? Uh, Does it remind anyone of a famous quote from Jesus? Well, let's take a look at Matthew 27, 37, 38. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The great commandment, love God, love others. Love God, love others, and they are equally important. You see, we love God, and we take action to love and care for others. In the Old Testament, when they recognized what God did for them, they would make a sacrifice, but now we are called to give ourselves as a living sacrifice, aren't we? We're called to give everything we have give our praise offerings with our voices, 
And we are called to sacrifice our time and our talents and our treasure. And this includes our tithes and offerings as well. For, for some, giving a tithe is a sacrifice. It's a step of faith to give up those finances. And we give not just out of obedience either. We do this. We love others and give sacrificially because just like in the Old Testament, we recognize what God has done in our lives. We love because God loves us and he has saved us. 1 John 4, 10 and 11, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. So God's love has to be real to us. It has to be meaningful to us. This is something that can't be faked, and it can't be inherited from our parents. Now let's skip back one chapter, verse 18 of chapter 3, and listen to this. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And you know, this is what Pastor Allen is driving at all the time here at Cross Church, and why I love and appreciate his leadership so much. He wants us to put our faith into action. And let me make a quick note here too, that giving these offerings and these sacrifices and putting our faith into action, these instructions do not come with some kind of exceptions, especially between, say, the rich and the poor. Some people think that maybe tithing or giving, for example, is maybe only for people that have a lot of money. But you know what? That kind of thinking, thinking that certain commands are only for certain people, again, maybe the rich or the poor, this really is a terrible way to understand our relationship with God. Remember the example of the widow's mite in the Bible? Out of all who gave that day, Jesus is watching everyone who's giving. Out of all who gave that day, as he sat there watching, the poor lady who sacrificed so much. Well, it didn't add up to much, but it caught, it, it, for her, it was a lot. It was an amazing amount of money that she gave. And this act caught the attention of God Almighty. Let that sink into your heart this morning. God is watching. He's watching our actions. And he's watching where that action is coming from. Giving to God or giving to anyone needs to come from a heart of love and thanksgiving. I'm going to say that one more time. Giving to God or giving to anyone needs to come from a heart of love and thanksgiving. Well, today you see this pile of boxes here to my, my left. And we've been telling you about the opportunity uh, to bless a child through Operation Christmas Child. And I'm going to share just a little bit about it this morning. Uh, it's a hands-on project that brings joy and hope to children in desperate situations around the world. And right now, I'm going to ask Alicia Thunder uh, to come up here and join me for a few minutes. Let's give Alicia a hand as she comes. Now, Alicia actually attends here at Cross Church, and she was actually one of the children who was impacted greatly uh, by a shoebox when she was a child. So I'm going to ask her a few questions just to share a little bit about that experience. So, Alicia, thanks for coming this morning and being willing to share with us. Uh, what is the first word that comes to your mind 
when you remember that you were once on the receiving end of these shoeboxes? First of all, good morning, everyone. Um, what resonates with me or a word that resonates with me is hope. Um, hope that brought me through uh, those dark times and hope that will bring an underprivileged child like myself um, through the path that they're going through at the moment for them to realize that there's a better life out there, that they are beyond where they are at the moment. So hope. Mm, amazing. That's great. And, and when you got that box, what did you personally or even spiritually gain from receiving that shoebox gift? Um, personally, I, I gained um, a better insight to my faith because, you know, as a child, um, when you go to school and you look among your peers and children are children, right? They'll laugh about things, silly things. Um, but at back then... It's not silly because you take it so seriously. Mm-hmm. I remember um, them showing me gifts that they would receive at Christmas time. And I knew my sister and I, we weren't um, as privileged as they were. We didn't get any gifts. So I just felt sad and I prayed. I remember going home praying and asking God if he could provide a way. And then all this happened. I'm wow. like, wow, God doesn't listen. He does listen to prayers yeah. and that strength strengthened my belief in him and mm. my faith. So yes, it did give me, um, it did benefit my Christian life because mm. I then realized that, you know, it's the little things that you see God working in your life. That's right. And then you realize that, yes, it's, it, it is, it is good to believe in such a great and awesome God who listened listens to your prayers late at night when everybody else is sleeping, I guess. Mm, yeah, well, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, uh, do you remember who gave you the box? Or uh, what, do you think, what did you think about those, you know, maybe the, the strangers that were, were handing these gifts out? Well, I did inquire about, um, you know, just wanting to find out who, who did it. And I remember I, I spoke to one of the teachers, and she said uh, it was a gift from persons living overseas, so I, I was just amazed um, at the thought that persons would sacrifice so much, you know, to, to give because obviously I, I, it, it would take um, a lot out, out of them to, to, to participate in such a program. So I was amazed that they were showing me what the heart of Christ would look like mm. through sacrificing, um, just looking into the need of other persons out there so far across the world. People that don't, they don't even know. People that they don't even know. So that really spoke to my mm. heart. It, it made me reflect on who Christ would want us to be, that they had that in them to just sacrifice. Yeah, so I was really grateful for it. Yeah, that's great. And was there any particular item in that box that you remember or, you know, something maybe that impacted you a certain way? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if you remember that video we shared. I remember we, I talked a lot about that doll that I really liked. But um, I remember receiving school supplies like note, notepads, pencils, mm-hmm. pens. And I remember um, my grandparents, they didn't really have a lot to uh, go through our school list mm-hmm. to take everything off. And I was happy that those were included because at least they would have to be worrying about items like those. So, mm. yes. so that was really that a practical was, but very right. helpful yes. uh, thing in there. Well, that's mm-hmm. great. And now today, does Operation Christmas Child still have an impact on you, especially being someone who is blessed by this as a child? Most certainly, yes, because 
it just, you know, it just reminds me, or yes, it does remind me of how awesome God is. The fact that I am now on the giving end of this spectrum. At one point, I was at on the receiving end. Just to think that this little underprivileged, muddy feet child, and you see those kids carrying the boxes on their head. I literally had to, to carry my water a few miles to the, the house I lived at the time because we didn't have any running water at home. So just to reflect on where I'm coming from and just to, to thank God for what he's done for me and the mm. fact that I'm able to be hope, to mm. be this hope to some child like myself mm. that received such, such a blessing mm. such a long time ago. So I'm just privileged that God has given me this opportunity and it just, it speaks to my heart all the time mm. just to know that he's done this for me and he's able to do it for any uh, mm. child far across the ocean that we are able to impact them and to give them that hope. And that's the word I want persons to remember mm. that you're giving hope. You're telling them that this is not it. This is not where my story ends. Mm. Right. Mm. So yes. Amen. Well, thank you, Alicia, so much for sharing this morning. Let's give her a round of applause. That's awesome. I really, really appreciate it. God bless you. God bless you. Now, just to continue on that theme of these shoeboxes for, for just a few more minutes, uh, you know, if you know anything about Cross Church, you know that we are very heavily involved in ministry in Burundi. And I want to show you some really special pictures this morning. Hope I can hold it together just envisioning this. But this is the newest village of hope in Moravia. And here is the leader of the children's ministries of Cross Church Burundi. His name is Benoit. And here he is handing out shoeboxes to these children there. This just happened earlier this year. These presents, these shoebox gifts go to the children, you know, again, as we've heard, from, that are suffering from war or poverty or disasters. And these simple gifts uh, tell these kids that they are loved. They're not forgotten. And they give them hope, as Alicia said. And then these kids are invited back to a, a local church here, if there is one. In this case, they're invited back to probably the center here. And they do a kids program where they learn about Jesus and the amazing gift of his love and forgiveness. So, as Alicia said again, it doesn't end there with the kids just getting some toys or school supplies or hygiene items, but the gift starts a process of sharing God's love and really a discipleship process. So it's really amazing. So, again, our goal is 200 boxes. We've done it before. I know we can do it again. And as Jimmy said, we have 60. I think it's actually closer to 70 boxes uh, that have gone out already. So we're over a third of our way there to our goal. And it's amazing to hear how these boxes have been impacting lives for years. And actually, this year is Operation Christmas Child's 25th year doing this project. So it's really exciting. So why not consider making a difference in a child's life somewhere across the globe? Pick up a shoebox to fill. You have till November 11th to fill it and bring it back. Uh, you can take one from the platform or out in the atrium after at the table out there. And if you can't fill a box or maybe just want to make a donation, you can write shoe boxes on your giving envelope. Or I think someone had mentioned this to me. If you want someone to help you fill a box, if you maybe don't have time or don't want to do the box yourself, if you want someone else to fill it for you, uh, maybe you can give some money and, again, maybe mention it to someone at the uh, table in the atrium and we'll figure out a way to help you out this morning. So anyway, God bless you for listening. And let's just close in a word of prayer, shall we? Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, as we reflect this morning again on the great sacrifice that you made for us, I pray our hearts once again will be challenged to put our faith in action, 
to consider all that you've given to us, God, and be determined to give back to you and bless others through our time and our talents and our treasure. And really, above and beyond these shoeboxes, God, my desire is that everyone here leave with the determination to not just praise you with their voices, but with everything they have to start putting into practice the example Jesus left for us, how he gave everything. Help us to be willing to sacrifice what we have because of your love and what you gave to us. And may we be willing to do these things with a heart of gratitude, a heart filled with appreciation and thankfulness to the almighty God who loves and cares about each and every one of us. Help us to get our eyes focused on you so we can experience your joy, your peace, your encouragement, your strength, your confidence, knowing that we cannot outgive God and that you have promised to meet every one of our needs. With our eyes focused on you, we see what you see. And then we are not burdened with our own problems or our fear, our fears that we won't have enough or maybe we won't be able to take care of our needs. God, it's all yours. You've given us everything. Help our hearts to be filled with your love, overflowing in us, so we move from worry and fear to confidence and joy. Help us to take our thankfulness, our gratitude, to another level. Help us to put our faith into action today and this week ahead of us. Thank you, God, for your many, many blessings. Now I pray you will go with us today, and may we be filled our life filled with faith and be an example in the areas that you've placed us, God. Our homes, our work, our family, our friends, use us to be a blessing to others. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.